Yeah, there will be a third one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. morning y'all what's up okay well we're gonna get started in a few here as you may know it's a fellowship so the mic may come to you whether you raise your hand or not <laughs> make sure you're holding it like this speak loudly and clearly not waving around eating the mic should be able to hear yourself should be fine bathrooms down that through that door to the left no drinks no things you know and please silence those cell phones don't want them ringing and if we got some people. You can fill up the front row because they're going to file in as church is going. So they'll file in and fill up the back seats. Thank you very much. We'll get started in a few. Thanks. How you been dealing with the rain? Fine. Nope. Hi. Good morning. Welcome to church. I am Jesse Peterson. Thank you all for being with me. You can get involved by going to our YouTube chat line and um, and Hake will respond to your questions and comments. All right. Uh, I do appreciate it. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. So we were talking. Uh, I was asking about the rain because we rain a lot here in L.A. and it still is. It's not raining at this moment, but it's been raining, raining, raining. And so I saw a man and a woman walking down the road with their dog, and they had raincoat. They had two dogs, I think, and they had raincoats under the dog, yellow raincoats. But I'm thinking dog skins uh, is already built to handle the weather. Y'all don't know that? Isn't that true? Yes, yes. It already has a raincoat. It came with it. And so now they're going to weaken the dog by not letting the water hit the dog to make the skin stronger. What the? So human beings are called the weakness even on animals. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> lots to talk about. But first, I want to deal with the uh, biblical question from last week. We'll get to that. All human beings are idol worshipers. Oh, before I get to that, I was thinking... I was having a discussion with some people this weekend and they were so stuck in the past and the future that you can even get them to see that they're wrong. And they were so blaming and so into it. And I'm going to get into it a little bit because that's insane. That's a form of insanity. All right. So I want to get into the biblical question. Oh, Nick, let me ask you, if you didn't know your birthday, period, how old would you be? If I didn't know my birthday, uh-huh. 
I wouldn't know then. No, how old would you be? I'm not understanding the question. If I didn't know my way, hold on. If I didn't know my birthday, <laughs> if I didn't know the day I was born. Yes. And you had no idea. You didn't right. know the day you were born. Okay. How old would you be today? I'd be ageless. I'd be a child. <laughs> I'd be perfect. I don't know. <laughs> what, what do you say? If you didn't know your birthday, how oh my, old would you be today? That's a great question. I love that question. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. That wasn't from me. I heard somebody else ask someone that. And I'm like, wow, that's a very good question. It's an amazing question. Thanks, yeah. Jesse. Um, I would definitely say that uh, if I, I mean, if I would want to be like 21 forever. Like forever 21, like that store. Forever 21. That's me, man. But I if mean, you, because if you, you know, didn't know your birthday at all, had no clue, how old would you be today? I'd be 21. Why do why you say you'd be 21? Because 20? that's like primo age. You but know, you, not too young, not too old. You, you still got a life ahead of you. You know, you still got at least, you know, 50 but, years ahead of you. But if you don't know your age, you don't know if you're young or old. No, but I would look at other people and go, say, hey, what's a good age? Because uh, 21. And everybody would be like, I'd be quizzing everybody and going, okay, everybody says 21. I'm going to be 21. Amazing. That's if mine. You didn't know, if you didn't know your birthday at all, how old would you be today? Uh, I don't know. I can't really wrap my head around that <laughs> question. <laughs> like, um, it. If it's having to do, do with like time not really existing or something like that, I don't know. I'm kind of, I don't really get it. <laughs> so you didn't understand the question? Sort of. I mean, if you didn't know your birthday, how will you be today? Yeah. Well, yeah, because then that makes me think of like uh, if time is just relative or whatever. So uh, just to say that, uh, Technically, you know, it's ageless or something. Oh, you'd be ageless? Maybe, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. The answer there. <laughs> 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 yeah. If you didn't know your birth date, how old will you be today? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I probably around my 30s. But how would you know if you didn't know your birthday? Because there is just reality, like, you know, like certain physical things, like, you just look different when you're 15 than when you're I know, but if you didn't know 30. at all, you were, how would you compare it to anything? Are we assuming that other people don't know their age either? No, just you. Oh, well, if I know that... that you were born and nobody knew your age and you never heard the date. Yeah. The year yeah. and time that you were born, how old would you be today? Around my 30s. Well, you wouldn't know, how would you know that? I would look at other people and just make <laughs> oh. an educated guess. So you would look at other people and you would look at yourself and you'd say, oh, I'm about that age. Yeah, <laughs> like if that person has, you know, just like certain physical attributes at that age. Then you know, like if yeah, if I was fifty or I would look at other fifty year olds and say like, oh, I I, I, I must be fifty. Yeah, I'm around there. Uh, uh, interesting. How about you? How old would you? I didn't know this question would go like this, but I just heard it, and it was so interesting to me, it stuck. All right, that's all. 
How old would you be today if you didn't know your birthday or year? You don't know, have no clue. I would say I would be one day old. So every day you'd be one day old? No, just today. Just today I would be one day old. If, some, if I didn't know my birthday and somebody asked me, how old are you? And I didn't have a clue. I would want to pick like 25 just because that seems like a good age. But <laughs> I would have to say just one day old because I can only go by today. In the moment. So you would say I'm one day old? One day old. Even though you may look 50? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> How old would you be today if you didn't know your age? If you had no clue of birth or when you were born at all, you never had a hint. How old would you be today? Mm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I would say I don't know. What do you think about that question? It's complex. It seems simple, but it's, it's complex. And why because does, if you compare yourself to others, I mean, I, I don't know anyone's age now. I mean, knowing people's age, they don't, I mean, no one looks their age, especially here in California. So I don't know how I would answer that. Oh, okay. I would probably, probably just say I don't know Interesting. how old I am. <laughs> How old would you be today if you didn't know your birthday? I'd have to say I don't know also. I'd be, there wouldn't be an age. I wouldn't have an age, I guess. So what now? I wouldn't have an age. Uh, what do you think about that question? Weird. Who thought that <laughs> one was? And what's weird about it? Go, to, go over to uh Why is someone thinking about that? <laughs> what else is there to think about? What's for lunch? What's for lunch? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how old would you be today if you didn't know your birthday? Oh, I, I had one time. Uh, you know, um, there are people that don't know their age. That's not the question. So I would think uh, I would be, I don't know, I've been, I'm inside it. You turn your mic off? Oh, uh, I come from the inside the box that always knew my age, so I don't know what it's like not to know my age, uh, other than I would be what I am today, you know? Just like I look in the mirror every day, you look at the calendar every day, I, I don't know. You wouldn't know how old you would be today? I, I, I guess I would in a way. How, how I would feel you know? and how I look would determine my age. I would look in the mirror and say, okay, I'm not 12 years old. I'm not, not 20 anymore. So I would determine it by that. I would know the season that I'm in. I wouldn't know the day I'm in, but I would know the season. Interesting. Yeah. Hake has on his Wallerman shirt today. And I heard him telling people online he had it on. Because tomorrow, Martin Luther King's birthday. <laughs> so he'll wear a watermelon shirt, a white man, on Martin Luther King's birthday. What the? Um, how old would you be today if you didn't know your birthday or year? I think I would be the same age, but maybe I would think about it differently. Like I would be in phase four of my life or something like that. 
you would say I'm in phase four. (laughs) 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 But how would you put a phase four on it if you don't know where you were born? You had no clue. Because I know that I'm, I know that, I think even without knowing my specific age, I would know, or at least the exact date I was born. But you wouldn't know the date or anything. You have no clue about anything. Oh, right. Well, I would still know that my life is different from, say, like 10 or 15 years ago. I would probably base it on like where I've lived and how long I've lived there, roughly. Because I've lived in different places throughout my life. And so I would... And also, like, my body functions a little bit differently. So if you lived in Monrovia for 20 years, you would say, I'm 20 years old today? Or no, it, no, I would be... Let's say you lived in Monrovia for 20 years, and then Westchester for five years, and then Watts for four years. You would add up those, how long you've been living those years? Monrovia would have been, like, phase 2.5. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, I never maybe. lived in Monrovia, but close enough. Right. Yeah. I just, I just, I just yeah, thought yeah. of my room. So the answer, your answer is what again? Phase four. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. How about you? How old would you be if you didn't know your birthday? Uh, uh, can Frank come with me? Hold on a minute. Thank you. For me, it's one thing. Like it'd be how old I feel I am mature like as a person and then two would be like I could just think back to what I remember like I remember things in my past and I can find a date for that and then I can just add that up you won't really know but so you you won't know how old you would be today you could you could roughly estimate based off what you remember but you don't remember the day you were born but like I remember when my family went to Hawaii when I was also, like you do phases like hate. There's phases in life, I think. <laughs> and so you try to figure out that way. Uh, I would just, I would think about what I remember, like and like I remember when I told my sister, "Oh, don't tell them you support Mitt Romney because they're gonna bully you." Like I remember, like in 2012. And so you base your birthday on that. I would know that I was alive in 2012, and I could I could figure out which grade I was in. So okay. I could know, like, okay, well, I was in this grade in 2012. Amazing. What age are you in that grade? You know what I mean? How about you? I would probably... If you didn't know your birthday at all, you had no birthday, year, or anything, never heard about it, never knew it, how old would you be today? And that's just me, right? No, just you. I would probably use the same method she did. Like what would that? Comparing yourself to others, see what you kind of look like or feel like. So <laughs> in my 30s... You'd be like, oh, my back hurt. Let me look over and see who I look like. Yeah, so even though... I, I must I'm, be 80. Yeah, even <laughs> though I'm in my 30s, I'll probably be like, yeah, I'm 50 years old or something. Amazing. Um, this young lady said it right. That's such a complex question because it's so simple. And what I realized from that question, I've already realized it, but I'm realizing more, is that we have been so brainwashed and dumbed down and, and made to be so insane that we don't even know how the depths of it, right? Because if you had no idea when your birthday was, 
you would never think about your birthday. There would be nothing to compare it to. You would just live, and birthdays wouldn't even be a big deal to you at all. Birthdays is only a big deal because we've been since childhood, one year old, or six months now, they celebrate six months' birthday. Oh, we're going to have a birthday cake. My baby's six months old. And so in that very moment, you've been brainwashed to think about time. And then you, when you get a certain age, your youth start to pass. Now you think about old age. It's always an up and a down. But we're not supposed to be thinking about those things at all. We're supposed to just live, but we've been so brainwashed and dumbed down that there's a, an up and a down to life. And there should never be an up and a down and a down and an up. There should be uh, uh, this and a that. But we've been brainwashed to believe that. And it's stressful to a lot of people. They worry about it. When women get a certain age, they start doing the, the pop-up face stuff. What do you call that? Botox. Yeah, Botox. They spend buku money on surgeries and medication, but had they never been told about a birthday and just grew up free, the Botox business would be out of business. It wouldn't even exist. And some people saying they would be comparing themselves, but you wouldn't because you would never think of aging with yourself. And we're supposed to be living a life, never comparing back or forward, but just living, just being. Because... Well, I get to that. I can say it because the, 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 the person that is worried about age is not really you. It's not even you that think about age. It's the ego nature. And the ego nature is influenced by the world. The world has a hold of us. And it doesn't want to let us go. You got to break away from the world spiritually. Because it's not going to let you go. Isn't that amazing? What do you think about that? I agree. I mean, we're very, I agree. We're so conditioned. Influenced, yeah. We're so conditioned. Okay, I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. I'm a Democrat. I'm a liberal. So I'm going to fight with you. I had one person, and then I can see you. I had one person saw that saw me on an interview with Dr. Phil interview, and they were ticked. They were like, did somebody drop you on your head or something? What happened to you? <laughs> because in the interview I said that I, I tremble at the idea that white people are becoming a minority in America, and this person happened to be black. They were like, what happened to you? I'm like, what do you mean? You said you would trouble if this country become minor- white minority. Minority, right? What? Yeah. And I said, well, if you look at things in a physical way, you would see that I'm right. And then they went into why is that way? Well, it's because of slavery. The white man took the black people and they poisoned them, they killed them, they raped them, they did this to them. I'm like, did that happen to you? No, but I'm like, what about now? And then they went into another excuse making. Well, 
because of what happened way back then, it's happening now. I said, but why is it happening now if it didn't happen to the now generation? The people that, and they made up another excuse. And I'm like, this person is going from excuse to excuse. So I didn't even argue. I just threw the question out. Then they got mad at the questions. But you need to start thinking, folks. We are enslaved by the world. That's why God said we have to overcome the world to be in it and not of it. And once you overcome the world, you'll still be having fun, living your life, but you won't be of the world. You can live in this world and not be of it. But the mindset has to change. The heart has to be renewed. Because the world has a hold of us. Our parents, they, they set us up to be of the world. The Christian community, they set you up to be it. They fight over religion. They fight over that. They fight over this. The world has a hold of you. Uh, look, look at the simple question. If you didn't know your age, how old would you be today? The simple answer is, I don't know. I don't even think I ever think about it. You don't know how you'd be, but you made up things. You, had, you felt like you had to come up with, a, with some reason for you to know your birth. Why wasn't that easy to just say, I don't know? Why was it, you had your hand, Frankie, there. Why was it hard for you to say, I don't know how I will be? That's a good question. Why you, what made you come up with, but, but first let's get to your, you had your hand up first. Yeah, um, you know, one thing that I noticed about myself is, uh, I mean, uh, there's, a, there's an old saying I heard somewhere. It says, uh, if you believe things you don't understand, then you'll suffer. <laughs> and uh, um, you, pre- you, you can speak death to yourself. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die when I'm 70. Um, that's very dangerous because it just may happen. And so if you believe and you get caught up in the belief of, you know, your age and things like that, then, I mean, I hear all the time people say, I'm going to live to, I'm 70 or 80, and then I'm going to die. And it's crazy because it okay. So when I asked the question, if you didn't know your birthday at all, had no clue birthday, year, anything, how old would you be today? What went through your mind that prevented you? And were you aware enough that something is making you come up with something rather than just saying, I don't know? I, I started thinking in my mind. See, I started thinking. Because I... I started to think. The devil got busy. There are people who... And the ego makes you feel like you got to come up with an answer. I don't know. It's fine. What the... Christ said... You can let your answers be yes or no, yeah or nay. I'll be quite satisfied with that. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, just, uh, I mean, there are people who live that way. People what that who, had to do with Judah? Well, I'm comparing myself. I'm thinking, you know, how do they think about it? Because they don't, there are people that don't, don't care and don't think about it. They so just the live. devil told him, you, you, you've seen history channels of people who, don't think about those things. They don't know. So you compare yourself to that. So now you have a satisfied answer, satisfactory answer. Isn't that amazing? The devil is busy. But go ahead. So I would just, uh, <laughs> I would estimate, okay, hey, they're not worried about time. And they're just living their life. And they're doing what people that age don't do. You know, some of the oldest living people in, in the world. And so I'm... <laughs> 
you compare yourself to that? I'm kind of looking at it that way. And compare yourself to that? No, I'm, I'm just kind of looking at it that way. Cause and, I was, and compare, that's how you came in there to come, you compare yourself to that? Yeah. One of the worst things you can do in life, and I'm, I, w- I want to kind of tear down these walls. We've got to tear these walls down because the world controls us. It's to compare yourself to others is one of the worst things you can do in life because you compare yourself to the devil. You're worshiping the devil. Why not be free? What's wrong with freedom? Yes, sir. I don't know if it was if I dreamt about it or it was on the Fallen State uh, interview. Uh, the question about if there were no teachers, are we natural seekers of knowledge? If there were no teachers, America would be perfect. Because we have a teacher within. If our parents never taught us, but being a perfect example, we would never have any problems. Isn't that amazing? And the hardest thing in the world for people to let that go so they could be free today. We are so embedded with the world. You know, I hear Christians say, I'm I'm of the world, but I'm not in it. They are. They're angry, they're emotional, they're doubtful, they worry, they stress, they commit suicide. But yeah, they'll say they're not in, I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. Just lying. Anyway, it's a fellowship, so y'all can relax and smile. And <laughs> Everybody looks so serious. We're just having fun. Any questions about that or anything? It's supposed to be just a throw-out question. I'm sorry? Asking your doctor how old you are. He, gonna, he, he wouldn't know. He'd give you an estimated time. Plus, it wouldn't be important, though, if you want to test to the world. Your age would not be important. Because the only thing it's going to do is make you compare to something else, to someone else's age. Oh, I'm 30 now. I remember when I was 20, I had so much energy. Look at me now, hair falling out. But if you never compared it, you wouldn't worry about that. And then you won't have to go to the store looking for stuff, for ball, to try to make your hair grow back. It's always a comparison. It's an up and a down. Have you noticed life is a comparison? Anybody ever pay attention to that? Yes, sir. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess, um, what do you think about, like, uh, building a nest egg? You know, because, like, I think that um, that would be one thing that would be, like, useful uh, for just thinking about time. Building a nest egg? Yeah, just thinking about time, just thinking about, like, what I got to do, how much time am I going to have to get what I want. You know, what about, like, that? What would be the purpose of doing that? Well, um, I, I don't know. I just, like, I, to me, I think... Do you build a nest egg? Yeah, I want to. You're not doing it. You I'm want not to? Really doing it. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to start with this nest egg? <laughs> no, I figure. Yeah, I should. Uh... So why you're not doing it now? Um, I mean, what would what would be your purpose of doing it? Just security in the future, I guess. You know, just so I don't got to break my back when I'm, you know, too old. And where's the future? 
What? When? Where is it? Oh, where is it? Oh, it doesn't exist. No, but apparently you think it does because you're building it for the future. Right. Where is that future? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. So that's the thing. And it's so like you don't know why you're building something for and you don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's kind of one of the things that makes it hard for me to actually build it because I'm not like thinking about ahead, really. If you lived in the present, you would naturally take care of yourself. Right, right. You wouldn't waste your money, you wouldn't waste your time, you wouldn't waste anything, and you always have extra and just naturally put aside. You wouldn't be in competition with the uh, economy or anything because you would be in the present and everything there is already provided. And because you're in the presence of God, there would be no need to try to fulfill your ego with extra stuff, waste your money, worried about this or that, or try to get the biggest house in town and make it look like somebody else. You would just live a simple life. What do you think about that? No, that actually makes more sense than yeah, what I was saying there. Yeah, just that... Um, uh, you know, if you're living in the moment, then you wouldn't be as likely to make mistakes with money. And stuff. Not as likely, you wouldn't. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, yeah. yeah. That's, that's right, that's right. It's only in, the, in, in time where you make mistakes, either so-called past or the so-called future. That's where mistakes are made. You cannot make the mistakes in the presence of God. It's impossible. Because mistakes don't exist. Because no needs exist. What do you think about that? It, I, I do kind of struggle on that one just because I think, like, having it be super, like, flat or whatever, you know, like, I don't know if that would be boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> to be super flat? Yeah. You think that would be boring? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know, you know. And why would that be boring? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I haven't really had that, you know, so much. So, I mean, I I think things, I've been able to get them on pretty even keel, you know, and that's better. But, you know, I still, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going upward, you know, so it's. So you need a little excitement in your life? Yeah, yeah, I guess and, so. And why do you need that? Uh so I'm not bored, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And the, who, who is the person that's bored? Who uh, are you? You're bored. Satan. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't <know>. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, no, I don't know. I just want, you know, I want to live like the most full life I can, you know. And that includes excitement? Ah, sure, yeah. <laughs> and so you like the ups and downs of life? I think so. I think I do. You do? I think I do. Most people do. Yeah, yeah. Really, most people do. That's why it's so hard for people to change, to change because they really do love the excitement of up and down in life. Uh-huh. Even when they're complaining about it, you can see that they're excited about it. They're, they're, they're complaining about it because they're excited about it. It feels like life. Right, right. It's an addiction, maybe, to people get hooked on it a little bit. But 
Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, I'm just trying to just stay, you know, upward. But I, I think it's kind of impossible to, like, have just upward, you know. Or uh, it almost seems like, I don't know, like, or if you're not swimming, you're going to be sinking, right? And then, like, <laughs> but if you could kind of make it go like this, you know, like, you know. Cause, but that's how your life is already. It's an up and a down. Yeah, yeah. But mostly you- up. And, and you like it's mostly up, but you like the up and down. Yeah. Well, I don't think I could be going up unless there was like it's like it's like two steps forward, one steps back, one step back. You know what I mean? And you like and then it like you that. Learn, and that's how you learn. I think. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and so, why you're not learning if that works? Why you keep repeating the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It is well, so good. Yeah. <laughs> but I totally understand. I mean, if that works, why do you keep repeating the same thing? If you believe you need to up and two steps back. Yeah. Well, I think I'm actually, um, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm definitely not good with money. That's like, I just blow it on like food and whatever. But um, um I mean, I think... Uh, I am, I am, like, going upwards, you know, so that's, like... What does upward look like? I don't know. I've, I've, I'm on, I've gotten three raises in the past year, uh, and, like, I, I got a career kind of now, so... And um, I'm really kind of sticking with that. So it's, like, first, that's, that's totally new. That's totally new for me. And that's what upward look like to you? Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Probably. You know, I have the trajectory where I can be making more and more and more. And money that's what upward mean to you. I guess it's not all about like money and stuff, but yeah, just 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 not falling down and just keep on building and you know, and uh, going with that in that direction. I think amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Let me take here. What do you think about what he just said? Uh, and then I, you had a different Let's question. Get- yeah, what do you Excuse think me? about what he just said? What oh. up would look like? Totally. Um, I was fo- so I'm fo- I was trying to follow him t- talking about up and down, and originally I thought he meant, um, you know, emotionally, phys- like an emotional. So you're all relaxed, all right? This is not a guessing game. It's a just yeah. discovering and a little fellowship, and it's not a contest, all right? Okay. So, yeah, I originally thought he meant, like, emotionally. I thought he was going up and down emotionally, but he was okay with that. Now I'm understanding you mean, like, you're, like, you know, your physical, um, your estate. You're, like, you're building on your, your estate, your money, your... Is that what you mean, like... Probably just got everything. Come with the mic, Can we get a Frank second mic? Come with the mic. <laughs> what so, the? Yeah, I probably mean just, like... Spiritually as well, you know, okay. emotionally as well, uh, you know. So you want all that? Um, well, I'd like, I'd like to get to my the highest height, you know. And you think you're gonna get to your highest height by getting races on the job and having a two step forward, two step backwards, and up and the downs, and getting the races at work and yeah. amazing job. You think that's getting somewhere in life? Well, I. Just that, um, you know, I don't know really how else to learn besides, like, making mistakes, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, um, 
But I, I do think that it's more important about just. Um, do you be? Do you believe you can learn without making mistakes? I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. You don't think so? And why is that? Because I want you to know the whole yeah. world think the way you think, uh-huh. except for the few who are now awake. But that's what, and that's the attachment to the world. So, yeah. so I know you don't. Well, I've met people that, um, in their minds, they don't make any mistakes. Like you know, and then you can like you, they'll be making themselves sound funny because they'll you know they'll, you'll say hey this thing's spinning this way and this thing's also spinning this way and they'll say no one's spinning the other way when it's not right you know yeah um just because you know they can't be wrong about stuff but um so i think just being able to i, I mean like yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like my my job that I just got into. Like I've made like a lot of mistakes, you know. But and then so I don't have to like keep doing them, right? You know. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. W- were you sent, were you done with that, Nick? Well, now I understand. I was kind of I wasn't following, but now I understand. And yeah, I was actually talking a bit about this on Friday, and there was this guy um, on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, on Nick Stream. Well, thank you, Jesse. Yes, on Nick's stream. <laughs> but yes, uh, uh, there's this guy who a lot of guys are looking up to. His name is Andrew Tate. You may have heard of him. And, and he's all about... You don't need to admit his name. I'm sorry? You don't uh, need to admit his name. My bad. Because uh, I don't want to bring in politics at all. Right. I'm not trying to be political here. But no. anyways, to be quick here, he's just saying that guys need to be the greatest thing they can be. They need to be the most they can be. And I notice he means like... Make the most money you can, have the best stuff you can, and just and that to him was elevating himself. But I noticed in my life, and kind of in relation to what you were saying about a nest egg, I've noticed like I've tried to do like for example a nest egg. I remember trying to build one, and I just kept making like dumb financial mistakes, and I didn't build one. But when I just calmed down and just did normal things like save your money, don't be a little bit boring, it kind of happened naturally. So okay. Yes, sir. I have a question about the age thing. Um, I was talking with my son on the phone, and I says, hey, look, uh, son, I'm having problems with work. And he goes, oh, Dad, you know, I'm so disappointed in you. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, get, get your crap together, Dad. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He goes, Dad, you know what's going to happen, right? He goes, like, what? He goes, Dad, you only got 20 more years. Okay, you're gonna be dead in 20 years. Okay, you gotta get going. I goes seriously. I know I'm a senior. He goes, yeah, Dad. You're gonna be dead in 20 years. You got the next 20 years. He goes, you know, do the job. I you probably not shouldn't be a restaurant server. I goes, you know, you're pretty good with your mouth. I goes, but the mouth can get you in trouble too. So it's like, do something else, Dad, because. You've been, since your 20s to right now, senior time, because you've been in the restaurant business. That is not your gift, Dad. You're in the wrong career. Get out of it as soon as possible. Your point is what? My point is that he said I was going to be dead in 20 years. (laughs) I was, like, blown away. I mean, I've I've said it before, but I couldn't believe that. I never said it to him, but he said it to me. And I've always thought that. Like, I'm going to be dead in 20 years. So I'm gone in 20 years. I got the next 20 years to make the most of it. And he's like, first time I heard him say it to me, and I was like, oh, my gosh, my 20-year-old. 
My 20-year-old son is saying, I'm going to be dead in 20 years. So, so what is it like knowing that in your mind you're going to be dead in 24 years, however you say? i got to get busy. And so why I gotta get busy hold, and leave a legacy. You, uh, you know, the, don't don't be like you know, like my dad left no legacy. My my brother who died at forty nine left zero legacy. What's a legacy? A legacy is something behind. Like nobody remembers my dad. Nobody remembers. Want, so stay with me. Stay. Yeah. So you gotta leave a legacy. A legacy. L e g a c y. For who? For my future kids or my my son. Why? Uh, because otherwise, you know, that I'll just fade, fade into oblivion. What? And so? That's, I don't want to be one of eight billion. Why not? Uh, I'd rather not. Why? Because. Why do you, it's so important that you be remembered? Because my dad. No, why is it important that you be remembered? Because my dad was not, m- m- nobody remembers my dad. Nobody remembers my brother who just died at 49. You remember your father? Yeah, I do. Why? So you're nobody? Yeah, but I'm somebody, but he's... Guys. Okay. Why is it so important to you that you think you need to be remembered? Because I'm shocked that... That my dad died at 68, and nobody remembers him. But and why then my brother say, died at 49, hey, and nobody You're remembers repeating him. repeating yourself. Why is it important that you should be remembered? Who cares? Why do you want somebody to remember you? For my family. Why? Because otherwise, I'm just a blip in, in the good, family tree. What good would it do them to remember you? Because I want, I actually want to build, uh, like this guy says, I want to build a financial nest egg for my family. In, because, I mean, my dad was a loser. My but brother's a good, loser. What good would it do you to be remembered? What good would it do me to be remembered? Because I want to break the cycle of dysfunctionality in our family. And why? Because my brother Mike, who's still living, who's two years younger, he says, you know... This is the most dysfunctional family ever. All families are like that. But I got to like move on, but I want to okay. ask you, you know, what is it like being, having a son and you're always going to your son with your problems? What is that like for you? Think about that for a minute. Take a breath. He's 20 years old. No, he no, just no, talked hey, to me about it. Take a breath. Okay. What is it like going to your son with your problems? What good is that doing him? What good, because he knows that I'm, what good is it doing him? Because he compares what I'm doing, he goes, I don't want to be like dad when and, I'm a senior. And you want, you want him to live in fear like that? Not in fear, but he's so like. why do you talk to him about your problems? I was transparent about my job difficulties. Well, no, I know you were. But my point is, <laughs> why? and I got to move on, but why do you talk to your son about your problems? You're the father. He's the son. Why do you talk to him about your problem? Because I'm beta? Are uh, you saying because you're beta? Yeah, because I'm a beta male, I guess. And why would you want your son to know you're a beta male? He thinks I can do better, but he's no, so no, no, disappointed. No, 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 no. Like, Why dad always you, disappoints. No, stay, right. 
Why would you want to give that image to your son? I've already given that image. Why continue it? I continue. I can continue it by improving. And how is that improving his life? Because he knows I can't do crap like Dad does. No, Otherwise, I'll end up in the gutter. Your son to know that you're weak, and that you can do better, but you're not doing better. All you're doing is complaining. What good is that doing your son? My twenty-year-old. Okay. Um. What? What? What, what good is? What, I should stop complaining and more, no, do no, more no. doing. No, no, no. What good is that doing your son for the father to be always complaining about his life? Because then he realizes the importance of a good job. Something find sense. your gift. What good is it doing your son to hear his father complaining about life? Well, because it makes him want to do better. He needs his father to be weak so he can do better? No. He's disappointed in me. And you like that, huh? No, I don't. Then why you keep dumping on him your problems? Because he, he, he sees it with his own eyes. But why do you keep dumping on him with your problem? Because he asks me questions and I, I answer honestly. Amazing. And so you're happy to be dumping failure on your son? Dumb and failure or, or dumping? You, dumping. Dump, D-U-M-P-I-N-G. Yeah, dumping. What hope does he get, that gives him? If he's the son, he's the son, you're the father. What hope does that give him knowing that the father's weak and always complaining and never getting better and always that? What hope is that giving him to get better? Well, he knows basically I'm a senior failure and he wants. We already know that, but what what is that doing for him to get better knowing that his father is weak and always complaining? Because I think it motivates him. I mean, I'm not trying to, but I, I. I guess his negative motivation, he's like, holy cup. I mean, holy crap, my dad's a failure. I can't be like that. But he has no other choice. He, Let me he, ask you this, and then we're we going to Wait a second, he has on. no choice. Let's say you look to Christ, right? You believe in Jesus, right? Yeah, of course. And would you believe in Jesus if he was all beta, and every time you saw him, oh, I talked to this woman at work, and I told her my business, and Christ, I'm getting fired. Uh, now my hours are cut. Oh, my mother died, and my dad had a bad reputation. My brother died, and now me. Would you still respect Christ? No, because he's a loser. And so how do you expect your son to respect you? Well, he knows I'm a loser. And you okay with that? No, I'm not. Then why don't you cut it out? Because I got to do more acting and less complaining, I guess. Why don't you cut it out? Stop complaining. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, because I'm transparent when he asks me questions. No, he's not. You know, he, he only asks him because you've always presented weakness. He has no other image of you. You're worse than his mother. Oh, his mom's a loser too. No, you're a loser. You're worse than the mother. Yeah, I'm he has no image of you from birth until now of complaining. Never do you come along and all is well. Ooh. He doesn't know about you overcoming anything, moving to, as this young man was saying, moving up the ladder of life. He doesn't know you that way. 
Well, he knew me in my last job no, until no, I screwed no. up. No, no, He just knew you as a complainer. What's that? And he just knows you as a complainer. And you're happy about that. Because I haven't found my gift in life, even oh, at my age as a senior. But that's not his business. Well, he wants the best for me. All right. Anyway, I got to move okay, on. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. No, 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 no problem. You're typical. It's not the whole world like that. I'm just having this conversation, hoping somebody else will see something and wake up. Okay, You're not unusual. What a mess. <laughs> yes. Um, go back to the question about the nest egg thing. Um, you know, when I was a little kid, I started saving, you know, just because, I don't know, I, I was c- kind of raised that way. Um, or I got the bug because none of my other brothers or sisters got it. And it was just, it was automatic. Uh, I didn't think of it as a nest egg or anything like that. It was just something that you should save a little bit of what you earn. Otherwise, you eat it up and enjoy it, then it's all gone. You did what you did for nothing. And so um, that's... So you've always prepared for the future? No, it's, I, it wasn't preparing to the future. It was, that wasn't the idea. The idea is if you consume everything today that you did made for today, then you did it for nothing. You only did it for, you know, you're kind of wasting it. Repeat so they, that, I'm sorry. What's that? Repeat that for me. So if you, if you consume everything, you made, you made $10 today and you ate, you went to McDonald's and bought $10 worth of food, for right. example, and uh, here comes tomorrow, uh, you got to make another $10. Uh, but if you would have saved half of that, then you've got, you know, you may not need to work tomorrow. And so that's my, my thinking was, you know, as a, as a child, let me save this, uh, you know, because I'm going to save a million dollars. When you're five years old, you know, you think that's possible. Uh, and it is. And so knowing that, would you ever loan your brother or sister's money if they got a dad or didn't have it? Would you loan it to your nest date to them? No, I don't do that. No, so you would never loan them money? I don't money. loan it to myself. I don't, that's how no, come no, I No, 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 no. No. Would you ever loan no. it to your brother or sister or anybody? I, I would in certain situations. Why? An uh, emergency. But why not let them learn the lesson you learned? Uh, so I have to weigh each, um, you know, example. Like there, there have been emergencies in the past because I do not loan money. But why not let them not loan them a dime so that they can learn the lesson you learn and never need you or anyone else? That is my policy. I don't loan. So you don't loan the money? No. Oh, okay. You said emergency, you do. Well, there have been maybe one or two. Did you say, I don't want to misunderstand. Did you say you do an emergency? I would, yeah. So you wouldn't loan them money, but you would loan them money. They just need some type of title for it. No. Uh, I'll give you an example. And, and, and you want listen, an example? No, just relax. It's just fellowship. Yeah. It's learning. Is this helping at all? I told you, we're going to step it up this year. <laughs> there ain't going to be no okie doke. The devil is busy. And if you're feeling it hurt, ain't nothing I can do about it. Run with the devil. But 
I hear a contradiction. Do you hear a contradiction in that? And what's the contradiction? That he doesn't loan the money, yet he does loan the money in a specific circumstance. But So you do loan the money, period. No, I don't think I've... I think once, maybe twice or something like that. But once and twice. It hasn't yeah. been twice or once. Let's add up the numbers. Yeah. And so you do loan money then? I, I don't know. Uh... Well, you're speaking lower now that you got it. You got yeah, it. an emergency. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so if they come to you and say, oh, I got an emergency, then you will loan them the money. Then I got to be like Solomon and decide, is that a... But you're not Solomon. Uh, if you, if I, they came like to you the with the word emergency, then you loan it. No. I thought you said, did you say you did? I, I would be like well, Solomon. You, no, no, no. You said yeah. you did or you didn't? So let me give you an example. No, 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 no. Yeah. We got to get straight. Do you do it in emergency or not? I did it in emergency, yes. You do do I it in emergency. It. I did it in an emergency. So you do loan the money then? In an emergency. So they just need to come to you with the word emergency. No, it's me to determine that because they've had other emergencies and I just did not because uh, Why not let policy, them go through the emergency, period? I do. So they can learn the lesson you learned about life. I do and I let them, you know. The, the, the example, I think do you, I learned. You don't see the contradiction in your words? Uh, no. You don't? No. no. And, and <clears throat> let me ask another uh, what do you think about what he's saying? Do you see the contradiction in the word? No. no. Huh? I see. Uh, okay, let me, is this your first time here? Yes. Okay, you, you see the contradiction? Yes. And what's your first name? Donald. Donald, welcome, man. Thank you. And so what's the contradiction? The contradiction is he doesn't see what he's, what he's doing and what he intends to do in the future. Yeah. It's, it's a makeup of who he is. Simple. When you say that, it's time to wake up, folks, like truly wake up spiritually. Yes, absolutely. What do you think about that? Contradiction, uh, I don't see it. I mean, three or four times. I understand you probably don't see three it. Three or four times it's happened. Certainly. So I'm basing it on the three or four times that has happened in the past, three or four emergencies. And I said, oh, I got to help out this way. But in, do you think God will come and help you in an emergency? He has. He's never helped you in an emergency. He has. Because, why do you say that? That's interesting. Why do you say that? Um, there have been times in my life where I've uh, uh, gone through hell or suffering, and, and so he's relieved my suffering. He's, he's I mean, performed miracles. Amazing. You know? How many people have been helped by God during a time of emergency? Uh-oh, you're going to want to change your mind. <laughs> I changed my mind. I, I, oh, gosh. God has helped you in a time of emergency? Oh, y yes. Yes. God has definitely helped. I mean, uh, he's helped me. Uh, I mean. Just a quick answer, Mr. Scott, move on. Yes, he has. He helped me through uh, my previous job loss in, in, in July of, or March 2020 during the beginning of covid um, will he help me now in the January uh, 2023? I believe he will. Okay. And young man, you say God has helped you in a case of emergency, in time of emergency. You had your hand, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and why do you think God helped you in a time of emergency? Uh, well, there's just been times where, um, like, w- w- when you said um, the most evil thing is, is forgetfulness, like, there's been times when, like, I, I, I can go back and, like, remember those times and then and then you know just like synchronicity stuff and i know maybe that's uh not like legit (laughs) i don't know but um who has not been helped by god in a time of emergency you're not why not like i don't think whenever i had like an emergency like god it god like intentionally came and made the difference. Poor God. I think the he he created the world, and he has an omnipotence there. But like, if you were to say that, that would mean that like every time I don't know some child gets cancer, oh that that was also God. I don't think he is involved like that. Oh okay, amazing. All right, um, amazing. God does not help in time of emergency because in him there is no emergency. You could cry out to Satan because you're like tripping and you could pretend, you could say you're crying out to God for help and Satan will send you some help. But as soon as that help is done, you just repeat the same thing. You're just going to repeat it. That help was not from God. That's why like with his family, for example, I mean, with your brother, whomever you're talking about, you help them in a time of emergency so they know that. And so every time any little thing go wrong, they're going to run to hell with emergency. They could have been out partying, wasting their money or whatever, right? Now the rent is due. They they know that the key to getting the money from him would be the word emergency. Isn't that amazing? But if you let them suffer through the emergency, I guarantee, if they ran to him and said, emergency, emergency, he said, no, I'm not doing that. I bet you it would never happen again. Unless they could find some other sucker to use the word on. Because they will try others too. But in God, there is no emergency. It doesn't exist. It's in the mind. And the mind is of the devil. But you give the credit to God when in reality you're giving the credit to the devil. Any disagreements? I want to hear disagreements too. It's hard to, hard to say, but I disagree with you. Sorry. Okay. I disagree no, no, with no, you. No, no, don't be sorry, man. This um, is a fellowship. I, I disagree 100%. And, and why sorry. I, I know that's not kosher around here, but. It, I disagree with you. Okay, I'm not why? supposed to disagree with the pastor. Okay, but... Tim, uh, it's not the pastor, it's just Jesse. Okay. Why do you disagree? Because uh, God works in strange and mysterious ways, and he's definitely shown his hand in, in my life. Okay. I mean, uh, I mean. So why do you keep repeating it then? Because I'm a schlup. Huh? A schlup, uh, a Jewish term. I don't know what to say. It's a, uh, because... Uh, schmuck, too. I'll say Italian-wise. Uh, some schmuck. Um, it's, uh, I, I don't learn from my mistakes. That's the problem, right? You know, and Do you think that if you were one with him, you would be making mistakes? 
one with God. Yes, one with God. Yes, I would be making mistakes. Even if you were one with God, you would still be making mistakes. Because everybody makes mistakes. It just, I make huge mistakes instead of minor so mistakes. So even if you were one with God, you would still be making mistakes. I, oh my gosh, you have these crazy questions. Uh, <laughs> Uh, man, you drive me insane. Um, okay, if I, w- I guess better. You mean you mean if I was a better Christian? Is that what you're talking about? If you were one with God, would you still be making mistakes? Yes. I think so. <laughs> Why? Because no one's perfect, but... How can you make a mistake in the light? Because we're all men and women. Not we, just you. I am a man. And so how can you make mistakes in the light, you? I just look at the last five years and go, holy and cow. No, what no, 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 no. Stay present with me. How can you make mistakes in the light? How can I make Because it's natural for people to make mistakes. No, not people, you. Me. It's uh-huh. natural, I guess. It's natural to make mistakes in the light. Ye- yes. <laughs> uh, yes. So you don't make them in the darkness, you make them in the light. Oh, boy. That's a better statement, maybe. Uh... The devil loves me. That's, that's why I make mistakes. All right. That's the answer. Oh, that is the answer? Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're living in the darkness and not the light. Oh, The boy. devil loves you and you love the devil. Oh, I, I'm too beta. <laughs> yeah. Too beta. I got to move on. Okay. Baby. All right, man. Uh, the biblical question. Every human being is an idol worshiper. Why? Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll come to her. So, uh, an idol worshiper. Are you an idol worshiper? Yes, I'm an idol worshiper. Why? I uh, make things my God. I cherish things and toys. I, I, uh, um, I notice that uh, um, I have to be entertained. I can't sit in a room alone. For more than uh, a few minutes. And without, so, why are you an idol worshiper? I I think that I've been tricked. Uh, I've been tempted and seduced, uh, and uh, that part of me was taken away. And so now, uh, I'm addicted to this, you know, uh, idol worshiping. And so you, so you are an idol worshiper because you were tricked. I think so. I How were you so. tricked? Um, I think it happened when I was a child, and um, and then um, I was kind of tricked away from it, and uh, so I think that's when it happened. And now I'm kind of drunk on all that stuff. So you don't really know why it's that way. You're just talking about when you think it happened, right? That's when it happened. But yes. you don't know why you're that way. You just know when it happened. Why am I but you that don't know way? What happened? You don't I know, know why. I, I, 
I can't tell you, uh, I can tell you the situation that happened and it kind of pushed me over there, but I, why? I mean, oh, I, I got angry uh, and I was afraid. That's what happened. Okay. I was, that, that's what happened in the trauma. I remember my, my father doing some crazy things when he was drunk and that scared me and angered me. I was like, why? Why is he doing that? And, and then that's when I... Uh, I you Are know. you able to let your father go and start remembering him? So that you can no. stop using him no. as the example for your life? No. Why not? Um, I kind of gave up in trying to control my thoughts because uh, I noticed that, you know, when I'm sitting alone, uh, I'm bombarded about, you know, with it. Do with you want to let go of all those memories? Of I father? do. Oh, I and do. Why don't you do it? I do. Uh, I can't control those thoughts. I can't control what flows into my mind. Okay. I realize I have to kind of just ride with it and just, you know, just kind of be aware and watch it. But I can't stop them good or bad thoughts. In okay. Amazing. Uh, and I'm going to come back to you in a minute here. Why are you an idol worshiper? Because I'm of the flesh and I, like... I yeah I, I've thought about that all like this week just you know different ideas came but I, I I'm not a hundred percent sure. So you know that you are an idol worshiper because I didn't ask you if you were one. I asked why are you one. So you already know that you are an idol worshiper. Yes, because there's just um, things in this world that I love, and it's like. The, like this energy of love or whatever you want to describe love as I want to put it like make it physical or real or something tangible something you can hear or see or feel do you want to overcome that or you love being that way what do you mean by overcome being an idol worshiper do you so, love being an idol worshiper? Do you want to overcome it or you want to keep it? That's a good question because, um, like, as a musician. Oh, you're like, a musician? Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, you sing? Um, I do, and I'm a songwriter. Oh, you're a songwriter? Yeah, so. And you sing too or just a writer? I do sing, but I. Uh, Come up and do a song. Okay. Come on. Right now? Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> nah. We'll have you do one one day. That's nice. Okay. Um, I actually wrote a song where the lyrics say, like, I get lost in my thoughts. Nice. And uh, I can't tell which way is up when I'm falling down. And I get caught. I like that. So, a song uh, with a meaning. Um, and so, do you want to overcome that? I... I I, I don't really understand. So you're, I guess I'm having conflict with that because when I like channel the feelings, then I get to make music with it. 
So if I were to overcome it, I'm having this like internal battle of, like, does that mean I can't write music? <laughs> <laughs> and no, no, you still be able to write music. <laughs> uh, so for right now, though, you don't want to overcome being an idol worshiper. I do if it means I can still write music. <laughs> oh, God. The, the devil love y'all. <laughs> so you don't want to overcome it. I know I'm supposed to say yes, I want no, to overcome it. No, you're not supposed it. to say yes. You're supposed to say what you want. I, I just did. I saw this movie last night in Christ. I, Jesus walking through Israel. And there was this guy that was, uh, uh, couldn't walk. And he, for his whole life, he could not walk. And so Jesus walked through the, uh, the temple there, and the guy was laying there. He had gotten old because he, was, he fell out of a tree. That's how he became paralyzed. And Jesus asked him, because he was like crying, Ooh, can you help me over in the water? And there was water, a little part of water there. They said the water's supposed to heal you. But everybody that went into the water would never heal. But the guy kept crawling, and the people would stomp over him because they would jump in the water and never work. And so he, he said to, Jesus said, do you want to be healed? And the guy was like, uh, I just want you to help me over to the pond so I can jump in the water and I can be healed. And, Jesus, and he was going on and on. So Jesus was like, do you want to be healed? And finally the guy paused and he said, yes, I want to be healed. And Jesus said, get up and walk. And the guy got up and walked. You can get what you want. You could be healed. Isn't that amazing? You just got to want it. So you say, no, you don't want it. Overcome being an idol worshiper. No, that's And I'm not, not telling you, just say it just so it looks like you're saying the right answer. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You need to be honest with you. And I, I respect that. I, like, just um, even the, even what you just said about Jesus healing the man that I can be a songwriter and not be an idol worshiper. As a matter of fact, if you were not an idol worshiper, you would be an amazing songwriter. You would be an amazing one, and you would think nothing about it because you would know that it was a gift from God, not you. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so you want to hold on to your idol song? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. Hey, do you want to, oh, every human being is an idol worshiper. Why? Um, I'm not sure why. I, it's no, uh, why are you one? Oh, why am I an idol worshiper? <laughs> Me? No, uh, you. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I know why, but I know that like stuff just tempts me away into like sort of worshiping this or that sort of so thing. So you know that you are an idol worshiper? I kind of know. Yeah. I've I've kind of known that for a long a long time. I sometimes I often forget, but yeah. Oh, I think okay. I do. At least intellectually I do do know that. Are you an idol worshiper though? I think so, yeah. And why? 
Why are you? I don't, I don't know. But how do you know you are? I just, I mean, I just see things that, I think Hake just kind of said it pretty well. But well, standing see, your word, not hate words. Well, I don't have any words. I just think I am. You can all borrow hate words. I don't know another word for it, so. And why do you think it's, go ahead, you can use this word too. I just think that there's a lot of temptation and there's times where I still get tempted to do things too, so. Do you want to overcome that? Yeah. Do you, you believe you can? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm, some of the things I'm not idol worshiping anymore, but <laughs> some things I still am. Are you guys, everybody having fun right now? Yeah. Oh, okay. This is party time. <laughs> yes, sir. So one thing I noticed about myself is uh, I, I guess about a month ago I went to a funeral and, uh, you know, I'm dressed up. And, this is about the idol worship here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I got things that I appreciate and I cherish and they're valuable and I save them and hide it and things like that. And at the funeral, uh, I had a friend who was just like that. And he died just like that. Go right to the point you're trying to make. So of time here. I saw that it meant nothing because you can, you're gone like this. And all those things that you cherish, you make a God mean nothing. Did that stop you from being an idol worshiper? It shocked me, yeah. Did it, it did. stop you from being an idol worshiper? No. Oh, so the shock didn't even do it. Well, no, I, I was, see, I'm aware of it. Back then, I just went along with the, with the crowd thinking and didn't even realize it. But now it's like, why, why am I making this thing so valuable when it's nothing? I didn't know that back then. I didn't, okay. I didn't realize it. Now I, I see that, you know, it, it's, it's, I think it's Solomon's old saying, all is vanity. All is vexing. That's one of uh, Solomon's. And I don't know where Solomon's at because you're going to ask me where is Solomon now. But all is vanity <laughs> and all is vexing. <laughs> okay. Thank you, buddy. Do you want input on that? Are you an idol worshiper? I, I was reflecting on this question. I don't know that I'm an idol worshiper. I mean, there are things. I, I enjoy. I was raised in a household where image was very important. You image? Know, my, yes. You and know, why was mother, it so important? My mother just felt like it was a good idea to present yourself put together in oh. the world, you know. And she loved, you know, fashion and jewelry and those things. I, I enjoy those things as well. But for me, I think it's a part of me presenting, you know, uh, a certain image of myself. So if, if that's defined as an idol worshiper, then I, I suppose I would fit into that. So you that. think that you became an idol worshiper because your mother was into presenting yourself in a certain way and she wanted you and, your, I guess, the rest of your brother and sister to be the same way? Yeah, I mean, I think it was innately a part of who... I am as well. I've always enjoyed that. I think that she kind of rounded it out in me. She um, encouraged it. Do you want to overcome that? 
Um, well, that takes a lot of work to be that. Well, no. A lot of money. No, I, a, a I'm actually very frugal with it. <laughs> I'm very prudent. Do you want to overcome being an idol worshiper? You think that's being an idol, idol worshiper, though? Do you, want to, do you want to overcome being an idol worshiper? I'm not even sure if that is being an idol worshiper, though. So are you an idol worshiper? I don't think so. You don't think so? Maybe. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I do appreciate being put together. Inside, outside, wherever I am, if it's just me and myself in the room, if it's me and so one other person. this way even if you're at home by yourself? Yeah. The doors loaded. Even my pajamas. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you're comfortable living like that? I like it. You do? It makes me happy. Would It makes you happy? Yeah. And why? I just, you never know when something might happen and you have to run out. <laughs> Side in the world, and, and so, I, it just I like I like looking a cert, I like being put together. Really? Yeah. And I, so I just if like you it. couldn't be put, I can't even imagine being at home put together. I mean, I don't wear makeup or anything like that. But, I, but just, I like to have you nice good pajamas. So if the if the mercy car come and they have to leave on the street, you're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. What would would you, would you not like it? What would you feel if you lost that? I think I would be okay with it. Well, okay, let me be honest with myself here. I, I, if I lost. Because it makes you feel good to be together, even if nobody around, it's nighttime, it's raining, ain't nobody coming over, Uh, the shades are down, one light on in the house, and you let up there glamorous. Yeah, what, I would, what would happen if you couldn't do that? I would not feel comfortable with that. I wouldn't. Really? I would. I know what you mean when I say yeah. really. I really do know what you mean. Yeah. And do you like living that way? Yes. I mean, I like. I like. Yeah, I like. I like. I mean, do you like living that way, knowing that if I can be beautiful at night by myself? I wouldn't be happy. Hmm. I'm going to have to... Maybe... I mean, I could do... I could probably work toward um, letting that go. You probably... Well, I would. It would. It would. It would so you because it's been such a part of who, this, right? yes, yes, for sure. Why don't you want to overcome it then, knowing that it's a false sense of identity? So you mean overcome it in because if you you're so to happy to stop doing that, yes, to cease doing it yeah, altogether, and just be yourself without having to dress up or. And nothing wrong with dressing up, but you're using it as an identity because your mother passed it on to you. To the point that if the fire truck coming down the road and you just got hit over here with a piece of burned wood, you got to run in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) You got to crawl in the bathroom and clean this mess up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) At the risk of the whole house burning down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. 
Wow. When you put it that way, it really sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it does. This so. is what the world has done to us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're in it, of it, we've been set up by our parents and everybody else. Because it doesn't make sense that you're that locked into looking that way that you would be unhappy if you didn't. Even if something happened, you got to go wash your face before they can come in there with a stretcher. <laughs> Y'all, wait a minute. I'm going to crawl in the bathroom. I have ashes on my face. <laughs> okay, interesting. Did you have your hand? Yeah. Sure. Okay. And then uh, I get here. Um, what about like when you use your talent to feel closer to God, like, you know, whatever that is, like building or... Do you use your talent to feel closer to God? Yeah. How do it speak up a little bit from the chest? I thought about you the other day. I really like you speaking up from the chest. But how can you use talent to feel close to God? What does that feel like? Um, Just like letting whatever that talent is that he gave you to channel itself through you so that, you know, you can create whatever it is, you know, like. So do you need to use talent to feel closer to God? Personally, maybe yes. (laughs) And so when your talent is not enough, let's say that, you sat down, you did an amazing song. You wrote an amazing song. You got up on stage and thousands of people loved the song. They were cheering on and all that, right? And you're feeling like, praise the Lord, I'm using my talent. I feel so close to God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And then the next song you wrote was a bomber. And, and, and the item booed you. Would you still feel closer to God? Um... I mean, in that example, I I would know, but I guess when I when I think about that, well, think um, like artists like Van Gogh, who, you know, in their lifetime they weren't like really revered at all, and yet when I see the art, I just think it's beautiful, right? And I believe that he was channeling something through him. So would you still feel close to God if you if that one song would bomb down? Even though you're sitting there writing the song, you're like feeling so this is from God. I feel so close to you. But then you put it out there, nobody liked it. Would you still feel close to God? Honestly, yes, because I've written music where like I um, speak from chess. I've written music where I know that it wasn't me. It was the devil. <laughs> I hope not. Oh my God, that's terrifying. Oh, no. oh, you written music that worked or didn't work? Have you written music that did not work? What Nobody do you mean, liked like, it. Did, oh, uh, I mean, maybe not. Well, I haven't shared everything. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, there's music that is written where um, maybe it's not received the way that like my ego would like it to be right, received, right. but that doesn't mean it doesn't have value. And that it doesn't mean that, um, that when I wrote it in that moment that like you just, because it, of time, what does feeling close to God feel like? I don't know. I'm 
sorry? I don't know. So then how do you know you feel close to God when you're writing and singing and carrying on? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, just getting like somewhat lost in the process. And that's feeling close to God? Just being in the now, yeah. And so what does close to God feel like in those moments when you're feeling that way? That that was the only place I wanted to be. That was the only place? Oh, okay. And if he had said, you know what, this song, you're here with me right now. I'm telling you, this song ain't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> would you still want to be there with him? I would still write the song. <laughs> I mean, just because it's Amazing. flowing. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I got to do this because of that. Why are you an idol worshiper? So... I'm no longer an idol worshiper, but I to answer the question because you said all, all human, human beings, beings are idol worshippers. Idol worshippers. Why and why? And is my opinion is because all human pe- beings want to feel good. They want to be happy, and is based off of emotions, and it goes hand in hand with uh, thoughts and living in the imagination. Um, because so I watched uh, I'll give you an example of how I came to this conclusion it make a long story short because okay. I watched I recently watched the Elvis Presley movie and in the movie you the bird hound yeah and in the movie as I was watching it I was thinking about the biblical question and because idol worshiping is like is more than just looking up to a person it could be a thing or anything that makes you feel good so elvis had this thing about being on stage and it was like he that was his idol being on stage because it made him feel good the females in the audience liked him they were looking at him as an idol because it made them feel good and like the manager his manager was like all about the money because that's what drove him drove yeah. him so when you make something when you want something so bad and it make it because stemming from emotions or and then people get confused with make love yeah, love being an emotion. So oh, okay. basically my answer is just because because of emotions, because of feelings, and that going hand in hand with thoughts and living in the imagination. Okay, nice. I'm caught in a trap. I won't look back because I love you, baby. <laughs> what? That's right. Idol worshiper. No, the reality is, the real reality, every human being is an idol worshiper in imagination. Anyone that believes in their thoughts is an idol worshiper. And in that thought, you, it creates all kind of images for you. Even when Jesus walked the earth, Jesus was the important but the son of God with the spirit of the Father in him. But in the people's mind that believe in the thought, the image that would come from the devil, they recreated Jesus into a God. They said, no, he's God. He's like, no, I'm the son. It's the Father working through me. What I'm doing, you'll be able to do it too because of the Father in you. No. The image put a title on it and they worship the Father. And they do the same thing with preachers, preachers, 
they do the same thing with musicians, as she was saying, the musicians, they do the same thing with politicians. If you live in your imagination, it creates an image, and you put that person on the pedestal, but the idol worshippers is in the mind, and because you believe the thoughts, you put the person at your head. You worship the person. But if you are not into thoughts, believing, because all thoughts are all lies all the time, if you just stay present, you would not put yourself or any human being, no matter what their titles were, on a pedestal. Because it would be impossible to be an idol worship because you're not into the imagination. You have to bring every imagination into captivity. Every thought. And you're not going to know the depths of thoughts until you start, the Spirit of God start breaking them down, destroying the ego. And you're going to see how the thoughts have you attached to the world and everything that's in it. Because you wish your thoughts. And every human being worship thoughts. And they do get an excitement. They get a bad feeling, or they get a good feeling. They got a up and they got a down. They got a hero. Even in my case, people don't see me and just ask Jesse, bring the truth. I still got to pray. And I've said all my time, I got to pray. I got to watch me. I got to overcome too. And I'm telling you, this is how you do it. You got to return to the Father. You must be born. Your heart must be made of love first because if you don't have love, the light is not going to shine on it. These thoughts, which is of the devil, the ego. It's not your thoughts, it's not you, but you're idol worshiper because you believe in thoughts. Thoughts can make you, it's the thoughts that have you going home and feeling like, you know what, don't, don't totally be raggedy at night. Don't, don't, put on a little bit, you know, a fire may start. It's the thoughts because your mother traumatized you like that. And she recreated you her image, and now you believe it's your own image, and it's not. Oh, and you make excuses. Oh, because I, I just like looking this way. Or oh, the real you are not like that. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to go out looking like a bomb or anything like that. But you are your mother and not yourself. Come out of thought. You can never be an I, you would treat. I have never treated any human being, no preacher, no pastor, no... I, uh, what's his name? Elvis was an amazing musician. But I can see he had problems. But I enjoy his music. And so when he died, I didn't die. I'm like, oh, God, I got to go. Elvis. <laughs> you can appreciate things without identifying with it. But you can only do that if you're not in your imagination. You can have an appreciation, but don't get any form of identity from it. All human beings are idol worshiping of the thoughts first. That's why your thoughts make you do certain things, make you feel a certain way, make you judge yourself and others, make you cry, make you laugh, make you this and make you that. You're worshiping thought, which is worshiping the devil. And the devil twists your mind and you think it's your own mind and you make up excuses to protect the craziness of your own mind. And you blame other people the way you feel. I was asking uh, Francisco, why don't you let your daddy go? He's always using daddy. Well, my daddy did this, my daddy was that. We ain't going to forget about daddy and just be you. Grow in your own light. Your daddy is not responsible for what he is today. He's a grown man. When you were a child, we relied on our parent. We couldn't help him. When we become adult, we rely on God. That's we have to start to know thyself. 
Every human being is an idol if you believe thoughts. No other human being is to be blamed for your action, what happened to you, or what you do to others. It's on you because you're idol worshiping. And idol worshippers blame everybody else. But you overcome those thoughts, and you can. You will never blame. You will never whine. You will never worship. And yet you'll enjoy one another. And you appreciate, I, I appreciate our talent, you know. But I wouldn't idol worship it because it's not in my mind that way anymore. You can overcome it. Any questions about that? Yes. And then I'll tell you here. So speaking of my mother you referenced, I did want to ask you about, um, because in a, in a million years until I began, uh, it got, became um, acquainted with your, with your ministries, yes. I would never have thought that I would need to forgive my mother for anything. In fact, she was an idol for me when she was on the planet. And um, so now that she's no longer here, if she were here, I would go and forgive her just out of the pure, just based on what you've said. I feel like probably everyone on the planet needs to go and do that. Absolutely. Period. If they want to be free. of what they think. Yeah. Um, but how do you do that when your parent has, you know, passed on? Good question. You know how now you're starting to see your own weakness. You see your little anger. You're seeing things you're stuck on. You can't help it. And like not you, but something else makes you stay there with it. That's the same thing your mother was feeling. And that came from her mother, from her mother to you. And if you have children, I don't know if you have any, but let's say you had a daughter or son, you're passing on to them too. It's the same spirit. And so seeing it in yourself will let, allow you to know that your mother could not help herself. And that's what forgiveness is. You would stop resenting her for it. Because she couldn't help it just as you can't help yourself. I didn't even know I resented her, though. But yeah. still, you're saying over time, like doing the silent prayer and just... Yeah. Um, you start to see. It, it'll show you what's going on. The light of God will allow you to see the darkness in there and what, what caused that darkness. And you will start to forgive naturally. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, sir. Did you have your hand? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh... uh like, when you, when you do bad things or when your body does bad things, feelings of, like, guilt or repentance, is that also your thoughts? Yes. It's not from God and it's not from you. It's from the influencer. Satan influenced you to do it, and then he made you judge yourself so you can overreact and stay with him. But if you did it and then you realize, I didn't want to do that. That's crazy, right? But don't judge it then you overcome it because he, God is not judging you. He knows that you're possessed with the spirit of the devil in the imagination and in the feelings, the thoughts and the feelings, the feelings come from the thought. And if you realize that's not what I want to do without any calling it good or bad, you can overcome it and you will overcome it. But if you worship the devil by judging yourself and you're worshiping him, you're never going to overcome it. Because in reality, it's not you anyway. You are not your thoughts. You have never been your thoughts and, f- thoughts and feelings. 
You will never be your thoughts and feelings in the past or the future. You have never been your thoughts or feelings. It's always been of the devil, possessed, spirit of the devil. And, and up there above that is you. And you have no idea what that's like. But you will know once you allow the ego to die by going through whatever has to happen. Go into the rain, endure the storm. It's like someone said about buffaloes, which the storm is coming. Rather than the buffaloes running this way, the storm is coming here. They turn around and run toward the storm. That's what you got to do in life. Instead of feeling guilty, run into it and go through it. You got to change the way you've been dealing with it. Nick, read, uh, that makes sense? Oh, that was very helpful, yeah. Read uh, Romans 12, 1 through 2 for me. Because well, last week I wanted to bring up this, and we didn't get to it, so we're going to take five minutes or so to just uh, yesterday. Romans 12, 1 through 2. two. Oh. Okay, a living sacrifice. Therefore, I urge you. You say what now? It's titled A Living Sacrifice. Okay. Yeah, read from the chest. Therefore, I, I'll speak at the same level. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amazing. Have you heard that before? This is your first time here. Yes, correct. Tell me your name again. I'm sorry. Donald. Donald, take the mic for me. And have you heard of that uh, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service? And what does that mean to you? Give it all. Give it your all. All what? Your being. Your being. Let him be in you that is also in Christ Jesus, so to speak. Okay. Uh, Amazing. There's nothing else to do. Just give it all to him. Nice. Have you heard that before? I have. And have you done that? I don't think so. And what does it mean when you hear that? What does he mean by that? And then, Frankie, you got the last word on this. I think it means to give, yeah, give everything to God. Just be just everything like what? surrender surrender I, that's what it means to me everything like what like your <clears throat> your concerns your struggles your challenges your temptations okay um has that worked for you nothing has worked for me that's why i'm here nice yeah okay it's going to work after this from now on it will work yes have you heard that before? Present your body as a living sacrifice, giving it all to God. I, you know, I've heard that before, you know, in church and heard people say that. And it's like I'm kind of remembering it now, which means and, I forgot. Have it. you done it? Um, in some ways, I've done it. Have uh, you done it? Uh, no, I haven't done it, but I, you know, I've heard about it. And so why have, and what does that mean to you? So I can give you an example, one word, um, um, or two words, uh, to be all in. What does all in mean? To, me, to be committed and 100%, not just think about God on Sundays, but to, uh, to kind of live that every day, to be present with him every moment. And, and not so just why have Sundays. you done it? 
Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Yes, do last word. And then I got it in it. Have you done that? You heard it before, right? I think I heard it the oh, first time about hate, a week ago. He's a little more of a homegrown Christian. I want to see has he done that. Yes, sir, real fast. I think the first time I heard about it was a week or two ago. Oh, that's the first time your whole life you heard about it? Yeah, I don't, it doesn't ring a bell when I heard it. Oh, okay. Um, but after he read it, it kind of made me on an intellectual level think <laughs> that uh, it's like be in the world but not of it. Um, and he he wrote, he read something about God will that's how God shows you that he is God. Nick, will you read that one more time loud and clear? Romans twelve, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Nice. What? <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's a nice quote. It's a oh. nice verse. Yeah, nice. Here's what it is. Present all of your imagination all of your thoughts to him. All of your little, what you think of sins. All of your ideas about God, another human being, whether it's a preacher, teacher, a regular person, or some writer. Give it all to God. Have no ideas, have no plans, have no concerns. Resist the devil by resisting the thoughts and let God take care of it. And then you will present your body a living sacrifice because you will have no idea. Even the idea about you have no idea about anything. Right. Even your ideas about Christ and about God. The ideas that you have about Christ is from the imagination. The ideas that you have about a preacher or I, I read a report that Lisa Marie aspired. Lisa Marie Presley aspired. Right. And according to the report, I don't know her, but she was in debt. She was on alcohol, drugs, or at least drugs. She'd been married four times. Her son committed suicide, according to the report. Three daughters left, I think, behind. And you were, in your imagination, you would, you would look at Lisa Marie and think, wow, I want to be that. All that money, all that Graceland, and all that, right? You got to come out of the thoughts so it doesn't create image. The worst thing, not the worst, but up there with the list of worst things is graven images. And images come from thoughts, and thoughts are of the devil. Your plan comes from thoughts, and thoughts are of the devil. What you think you want come from thoughts, and thoughts are of the devil. And you're going to see this when the light of God, when your heart changed from anger to love, and you stay with it, stay with it, and the walls start tumbling down, all of these thoughts and images that your parents and the teachers in the world have taught you, you're going to see how wrong they have been. That's why they never work. That's why life doesn't work for you. You got to let all images go. So I beseech you to give your whole self to God, 
all of those thoughts, all of your, your images that you have, all of your imagination, give them to him. And the way you give them to him, stop believing them, watch them, just watch them, and just watch them because the light of God that's causing you to see them, and the light will destroy the darkness. All images are dark. It's of the devil. It's not you at all. It has never been you, and it's not you. But you're taking credit for it as though it is you. And that's why you have not been free, have not been freed up yet. Because you, if you can see right now that all thoughts are all lies, everything I thought has been wrong, you can walk out of this room never, never living in that again. But you're so stooped into believing that is you. That's why when a pain comes, you cry. Oh, Lord, help me. That's why when a good feeling you come, comes, oh, Lord, thank you. It is all from the devil. It has nothing to do with God. And the Christians talk about, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how majestic is thy name, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how majestic is thy name. And they have this image in their head. And as soon as the end of the song, they're cussing each other out, they're gossiping, they're afraid, they have misery. Because that image has faded from this old majestic God to the, devil, the uh, dark devil. Even the majestic image of God in their mind is the devil. All thoughts are all lies. When I said years ago that all thoughts are all lies, I didn't even know the depths of it. But you will know when the ego starts to die. Stop protecting the ego. Stop protecting your image. Don't protect the image. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and look like a bomb and, and that kind of stuff. But if the, fire, the house is on fire and you have on a dirty robe, okay, y'all come and get me. <laughs> Just save me. Don't, be, don't worry about the robe. I'll clean it up later, right? But once you forgive your mother, that image will disappear. But all thoughts is what God wants you to present to him. The imagination. Bring every thought into captivity. And I know I brought this up last when I asked the question. Most people refer to a physical thing, but I was talking about spiritually. The kingdom of heaven is within. The, uh, the, uh, the uh, life and everything is within us. Everything we want, everything we need is within, not without. The Old Testament is done except for those who have not overcome the Old Testament by forgiving. But we need to live the New Testament. We need to live life. And unless you present your body a living sacrifice, you're not going to be able to do it. You've got to overcome thoughts. And this thing about, oh, I've got to go up at a job and make it better, a promotion. A lot of people get promotion at work, and they're just happy. But if they find out, let's say that, I don't know what your name is, but Robert, Robert and I started a job at the same time, Right? And Robert and I showed up at the same time, on time, did our work, and it was time for a race. And then Robert got his race, and he was like, yes, I got a race. And I got a race, and I'm like, yes, I got a race. And then at lunch, at lunch I asked Robert, how much money did you get, Robert? Or Robert asked me, how much did I get? And he said, well, I got a $7 race. I said, really? I got a $10 race. All of a sudden, that excitement is out the window. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden, the $7 ain't much. (laughs) Isn't that something? 
That's what the imagination would do for you. That's a nice example, huh? It just popped in my head right now. But because of what he said about the job, the world is not supposed to make you feel excited or down. But you're in the world because it owns you. It has a grip on us that is not going to let go of. You got to overcome it. And the way you overcome the world is forgiving your parents first and yourself and watch those thoughts disappear and you'll overcome the world. Amazing, huh? Yes, Nick. You had your hand last week? Did you have your hand? Yeah, I'll be quick. This might help somebody because last week this was an assignment. And then after church, uh, I was like, but how am I going to do an assignment if I don't know what that means? And you're like, oh, okay, so yeah. And you kind of explained a little bit. And I guess you thought against explaining after that. But so I kind of knew a little bit. I was privy to some info. This week I did, I, was, I really put it into practice and I just, I didn't know how much, um, how much uh, uh, I wanted to do stuff, like deal with the thoughts. Like everything, the thoughts, it always presented me something to deal with. Like now you got to go yeah. do this. Now you got to go fix this. Now you go. And I thought I was already kind of deal with that, but I was like, wow, there's, it's always making me wanting to deal with something. So I just like let it go. Like let yeah. me just not deal with it. Nice. So maybe that helps. Whatever the thoughts tell you to do, don't do it. Just don't do it. If, if, if your reputation is on the line, let's say your reputation is on the line, and, and the thoughts are like, wow, what's going to happen? Your reputation is on the line. Now you're scared and you're afraid and you want to run and resolve the problem some kind of way because the devil is now telling you how to fix the problem. He, he caused the reputation to be on the line and then he tried to tell you how to fix it and you're running around frantically trying to fix it only creates some more problems, Right. But if you didn't think of yourself with a reputation, a reputation doesn't mean anything. It's just an image. It's just a word. And if you didn't think of it as a reputation, then you have nothing to lose because you never thought of myself as a reputation. I have a reputation to protect. You have nothing to protect. That's the setup from the world. When I ask the question about... Uh, presenting your body to people, like, yeah, I started going to the gym... I'll make sure I eat right. Nobody care about that. You would naturally take care of yourself because when you're in the light, you're not going to overeat. You're not going to over, you do things in moderation. You won't overdo sweet food. In a, your, your money situation, whatever you say, you're paying for the future. Or nest egg. You will automatically have a nest egg because your needs will be less. You wouldn't have the same needs that you have in your ego state. You'll be able to do it without a lot of stuff. And so you wouldn't be wasting the money. And so the money would not just be there for saving and buying some property or whatever. But when you try to make yourself have a nest egg or nest, whatever you said, you got to work at it. And then it's always empty. You got to try to fulfill it because situations happen. So overcome the thoughts, folks, by overcoming the ego. And it's not nothing you can do but work on watching it so you can stop identifying with it. And don't let the world give you any more of these titles. Oh, I'm HDD. I was talking to a guy who already committed suicide in one of the counseling sessions. He was like in his car, ready to kill himself. And because over some woman, and he tried all he could to make the woman happy and just couldn't do it. 
And so he was like, uh-huh, I'm going to kill myself. And some told him to call. And he called. And I said, man, that's not you. That's the devil talking to you. God is never going to tell you to kill yourself. He gave you life. He gave you love. He's never going to take that away from you. It's the devil that want to rob you of that. Forgive that woman. She got her problems. Forgive your parents. Stop judging yourself and move on with your life. Dump the woman and go on. They had no children anyway. Dump her and go on. And now the guy want to live. Because he would believe in life. He was so frustrated trying to make life out here work. And he couldn't. And now it's fine. He's doing fine now. Because he's no longer trying to make life work. Life will work for you. You don't need to make it work. It doesn't need your help. You are life. You are the image of God. But you identify with the image of the devil. And so in, in closing here, when people come at you and they try to hurt you, whatever they do, whether it's husband, wife, children, your enemies, just wish them well and watch how you're feeling about it. And just let the feeling go through you because of false image. Because if you didn't have this image of yourself, there's nothing anyone can do to hurt you. The false image is what's causing the problem from you, for you, and that's from the devil. It's not even you. Amazing. Any question about that? Anyone disagree with it? What? I don't disagree. Nice. Good, man. So here's what I tell you. You got to be willing to become your own man, your own woman. You got to be one with the father, right? If you follow the crowd, you're not going to make it because the crowd has a false image as well. And they are reacting and overreacting and overreacting. You're trying to overcome your false image. You're going to follow the crowd, end up in a ditch. And if you're not identified with the crowd, you're not getting a sense of identifying, you'll be able to hang out with people, have fun and stuff, but you won't get any image of it at all. So become your own man, your own woman by overcoming the imagination. Do the silent prayer. Be still. Do your little hoop of the holiday if you're still doing it. But be still. Because all this verbal prayer you're doing is to the devil. You're not praying to God. You're praying to the devil. And the devil makes you cry. He makes you laugh. He makes you feel good. It's still the devil. And a lot of people get joy from crying out of their sadness when they, oh, Lord, I'm just, it's just been so hard. Mama died. Oh, Jesus, I, I couldn't pay the rent. Oh. My poor baby, her husband beat her. <laughs> she had another baby out of wedlock. There was a woman on a TV show. She had seven children out of wedlock by seven different men. And her mother had 20 kids by 20 different men, something like that. And the mother trying to tell the daughter how to do it. I'm like, what the? But anyway, you do your little, oh, Lord, I need a house. I need a dollar bill. Oh, Lord, they told me the other day, Jesus, <laughs> that the gas price is going up in L.A. The bill's going to double. Lord, how am I pay for that? <laughs> You're praying to the devil. God will take care of you. He really will. He really, truly will. You had the only way he hasn't done it because you have not trusted him. You pretend you're trusted, but you're not. All right? So do the silent prayer. 
watch. And somebody, some people want to argue over meditation and watching, observing. Don't argue if you believe meditation fine. Do you love meditation? Why well, you got to be mad at someone who just want to observe? Or why the observer want to be mad at me? It's like it's dumb to fight over religion. That's in the imagination too. To fight over God is ridiculous. To try to prove God to anyone is all ego. Just all ego. Fight no religion. Just think about that. There's a nice man out of Texas. He called my show every day trying to prove Jesus is not God. I'm like, you know your mind got to be messed up. That you're trying to, you spend a lifetime to prove Jesus is not God. No, Jesus is not a Jew. Wait, well, how does he do that? I don't even remember. The guy from, uh, I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. What, what did he try to prove it? He, oh, he's that a, Jesus, he's yeah, a black Hebrew. That he's not the Savior, that he's not Lord. Oh, yeah, he's trying to prove Jesus is not Savior, not Lord, but somebody else is. If you believe Jesus is not that, go on and believe it. Why you got to prove that he's not? Why argue about it? You know what I'm saying? The fact that you're trying to prove it means that you don't believe it. You know there's something wrong with this. It's all in the imagination. Anyway, so smoke on it? Well, so many people can smoke pot. I don't mean really smoke. I mean, yes, something. All right, so uh, we're out of time here. Thank you for your support. We'll do the Super Chats and the donation same tomorrow. Uh, we're having a women's forum this Thursday night. This Thursday is the third Thursday of the month already for ladies only. Thursday, Thursday, and then Friday, Sunday morning meetings, all right? But stay with the prayer, folks, really. It's going to be amazing when that ego, and the ego is not, it's painful. It is very painful only because we have identified with it. If you didn't identify with it, it wouldn't be painful. It would be over it just like that. The ego would be gone just like that. But because you think it's you, you fight to keep it, even though you're trying to let it go, you still fight. If the pain is bad, oh, Jesus, I don't want this, right? So do the silent prayer. Stay with it. Stay with it. If it takes a thousand years, you stay with it, all right? Thank you all for tuning in, and thank you all for coming. It was amazing. Nice. So Nick is coming with the...